This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Richard Gershon, the host of In Legal Terms and a professor at the University of Mississippi School of Law. If you miss a live In Legal Terms episode, find our podcast, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Nancy's a chartered financial analyst. On Money Talks, we answer your personal finance questions, and we often talk about the importance of saving for retirement. So between your phone calls today, we'll talk about various kinds of retirement plans, including IRAs and 401ks. You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Usually we're not able to get to your email during the show, but we will always send you a personal response to whatever email question that you have. So good morning, Nancy. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. We have an exciting thing here. We have a new fresh face in the studio. You brought a guest in with you. Absolutely. So tell us about it. So this is Meredith DeLon, and Meredith is a Mississippi College graduate. Because I taught at MC for several years, I can reach back and grab the best and the brightest. Uh, I have some connections back there. So Meredith started with us about three years ago, and uh, she works a lot with our clients. She's working on her... Uh, certification as a certified financial planner, and um, we are going to be turning her into a full-time advisor very shortly. So she knows a lot. We depend on her for all kinds of research, and uh, so she's come with a lot of answers today. All right. Well, welcome aboard, Meredith. Thank you for sitting in with us today. Yes, it's good to be here, Kevin. And we will definitely rely on you for some uh, some sage advice during this hour. (laughs) So, uh, Nancy, before I get to you with news in the news, financial news in the news, I saw today or heard this morning, I think it was, that WeWork is filing for bankruptcy. Right. Uh, Not terribly a surprise there. They've been struggling for quite a while. And it was this great, wonderful idea out of Silicon Valley that we're going to have all of these offices where everything can be done and small businesses can locate there and have all the services they need um, and we have a different type of work environment. Um, well, we work just didn't work, Kevin. And uh, so uh, they're gone. Uh, all right. So um, and it's this if I read correctly in the article I was reading this morning, they this is like the second bankruptcy of the iteration of the of the company, I think. I believe that's right. Yes. Uh, so you can have different types of bankruptcy. And um, I'm thinking this one is the one that's going to liquidate. I'll have to go back and look at that news. But they would have done a reorganization before, which you can have that type of bankruptcy where the company keeps going, but they reorganize their debts and they have some agreements with their debt holders and they're able to continue as a business. But sometimes companies hit a wall and they just have to dissolve. And yeah, it's unfortunate that the the idea was, was you know, running out office space. But then when the pandemic hit, we weren't in office spaces. Well, they were in trouble before the pandemic. So uh, it wasn't just the pandemic, but I'm sure the pandemic tilted them over. And the other thing that's tilting over a lot of companies, uh, you and I were talking before things started 
Kevin, about your uh, taking out a loan to do some renovation at your home. And the rate you got was what? 8.9%. 8.9%. So those rates have gone up dramatically, which means the cost for everything has gone up. So the cost of doing business is higher. When we had that decade of very low interest rates, even companies that were just not really great could still manage because they have basically access to free money. Um, They can't do that any longer. So it's revealing a lot of those who have not been well managed, who don't have a really good business model. Um, You have to be really good if you're looking at 9% interest rates. And I will say, I want to pat myself on the back. I know what my interest rate on that loan is. So I'm impressed. I'm learning yes. many 15 years later, but some of this is actually starting to penetrate my thick skull. So that's good. Uh, what's uh, What caught your eye in the news this week? Well, one of the things I noticed was that uh, Mint, the budgeting app that we have often talked about on this program, is no more. And that is owned by the company Intuit, which is the QuickBooks company. They also own Credit Karma. So they're trying to move everybody over to Credit Karma and shutting down Mint. But Credit Karma does not do all of the same things. So a lot of people are looking for new options there. There are some, one called Rocket Money or Hiatus. Both of those monitor your accounts for subscriptions that you're not using. And we talk about that a lot, how you get signed up for something and You know, two years later, you realize I'm not really going to the gym or I'm not reading that online. And they will point that out to you to try to save you money. Many of these can be gotten for free, but then there are also some premium services. A lot of banks offer budgeting apps or budgeting functions. uh, And if all else fails and you need a budgeting function, take out a pen and paper (laughs) and track those things and just uh, I think the most important thing is just to pay attention to how you're spending your money. So, Meredith, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but anything in financial news catch your eye this week? I did not prepare okay. anything for this segment <laughs> of the not. show. I did not. <laughs> oh, but we were talking about the price of oil. Yes, it's right at $80. Right. And it had bumped up close to the $100 mm-hmm. a barrel range. And that happened when we first had the crisis in the Middle East. Things have settled down a little bit. We have seen a drop of average prices at the pump nationwide from 388 in September to now around 340. That's a huge drop mm-hmm. in a very short period of time. Now, we don't think that's going to last because what's coming up? We've got elections coming up. Well, but we also have something else. We have the holidays. Oh, yes. Yes. And so people are going to be traveling more, um, and that will be an increase in demand. And we also got news this week of um, some of the producers are going to cut their production. So they're reducing their supply. At the same time, we're going to see demand going up, and that means our prices will go back up. You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone to all the local MPB Think Radio programs on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and also joined this morning by Meredith DeLon from New Perspectives. We're answering personal finance questions this morning. Between your phone calls, we're going to talk about various types of retirement savings plans. We do have a caller on the line, so let's start on the phone lines. Off to Yazoo County we go. Bobby has called in today. Good morning, Bobby. You're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, Good morning. I have two questions. Is it a fact if you make over $150,000 a year that you do not have to pay Social Security in 
And if that's true, do you have to pay Medicare? Um, There is a limit, and it changes every year as far as what portion is subject to the Social Security tax. So that's going to be, um, right now I think it's around 164000 It should bump up in 2024. So that's just announced every year. Medicare used to also have the same cutoff, but that changed gosh, probably decades ago, because they realized they needed more funding for the system. And that is one of the things that has been talked about is raising that cap for which um, those Social Security taxes are applied to, or maybe taking it off altogether to make the system more sustainable. So anyone who's earning over that cap will suddenly start to see more money in their paycheck because that is not uh, the Social Security tax is not applied to that. Well, I appreciate that. You made it real clear because it's not clear on the Internet. Well, uh, good. I'm so glad. Yes. I appreciate your patience and your answers. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby, for your call. We're going to be talking about the various retirement plan options throughout the show while we wait for your phone calls. So first of all, Meredith, this is an interesting or it's a, a, a good opportunity. You're younger than Nancy and I are. Oh, don't push it now, Kevin. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. But, but to, sort of a two-part question, you mm-hmm. know, someone in, in your age range, do you think much about retirement? And what do you think people in your age should be thinking about retirement? Well, I feel I'm in an interesting position as I work for a financial advising company. So, yes, I do think about retirement because I help people with their retirement every day. Um I started my retirement savings as soon as I started working. And I think that's a great idea for people my age. The sooner you start, you don't miss it from your paycheck, and you just learn to live like that. Yeah, and I think, Nancy, as older folks, is what we often look back and think, gosh, only if I only had started, you know. Right. Because it does add up over the years. Yeah, uh, and, and Meredith, uh, I will say, she is just of the personality. She is a saver. And uh, so some people are savers and they are just prone to doing that. Um, But I usually would tell my students when they took that first job, at least uh, sign up for 10 percent to go into your retirement plan. You're not going to miss it because this is the first time you're earning money, feeling like I've got more than I've ever had. But go ahead and carve that out. And the more you save when you're younger, the less you have to save when you get older because that money starts working uh, for you along the way. It was interesting. I was at the Shell station the other day, and uh, the cashier asked me, she said, um, what advice would you give to a young person who has trouble saving? And so I said, just start. Just start, but also make it automatic. And that's what a company retirement plan will do for you. Or if you set up your own retirement accounts to do it on a bank draft, then you won't even notice it. And uh, it, it's it's the way that um, uh, those gym memberships get caught on our uh, accounts for years because we don't notice. We'll do the same thing for your saving. And it's amazing how that will add up. And it's fun to watch it grow. So, uh, Nancy, what's a reasonable goal for retirement savings? Is it, is it reasonable to think that we could have a similar quality of life in retirement that we did while working? Well, I, I think it is. It depends, though. And uh, so, Kevin, you and I were talking about, um, yes, we are older and you're looking towards your own retirement date. You have the advantage, being a state employee, of having a pension plan. And so you have a pension. You will have Social Security. You've been saving in deferred compensation. And 
And what we have found when we work with state employees, most of the time they end up bringing home more in retirement than when they were working, which is really interesting to see. It's the huge advantage of having that pension plan. So um, Meredith and I were talking about when IRAs started, and IRA is an individual retirement account, and when did it start? 1974, after the passing of ERISA, which is the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. So ERISA was a law governing those um, employer plans, and it required employers to uh, monitor more, fund better, uh, have more expenses related to those pension plans. And that's when a lot of employers said, well, I'm out of here. I'm not doing it. So there are very few employers who still offer a pension plan. State governments are are among the few that still will do that, Uh, a few of them out there. But for most people, and certainly for folks Meredith's age, we try to tell them, don't even think about that pension plan, which is a defined benefit plan. You're going to have to do it on your own. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're going to be talking about retirement savings plans throughout the hour, but always as we do, looking for your calls. You can email the show as well, money at mpbonline.org. Sometimes not able to answer the email questions on the air, but you will get a response to any email question that you send to our inbox. If you give us a few days. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Um, So if someone is interested in setting up an IRA, obviously a good idea to shop around. Well, it is, but um, it's pretty simple. And one of the things that Meredith does in our office is she handles a lot of the paperwork. So why don't Mm -hmm. you tell them how simple it is? Um, It is. It's not much of a hassle. You just have to give some personal information, um, some employment information, where are those funds coming from, and then your account's open. I mean, it is a very simple process. And most of the time, um, you can either move uh, a lump sum over to an account, and you can even do accounts online. So that's where you can shop around. You want to make sure that you don't have an annual fee on that IRA account. You want to make sure that um, you are able to manage it yourself or you have access to someone who can give you advice about what investments should be in the account. And an IRA is an individual account. So all the time I have people say, well, can I put my husband's name on my IRA? No, there's just one name on the account, and um, and then you just need to make sure that you choose the investments that fit you. So an IRA is not an investment. It is an account type. So it's the basket that holds the investment, I That's guess, That's a good way to put it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. So this time we're off to Jackson. Judy has called in today. What do you have for us today, Judy? Um, I think it may be a useful tip. Uh, about those uh, recurring charges that come that you kind of forget about, like the gym memberships and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, my credit card company, which is the one that I have all those things charged to, sends me a text alert every time one comes through. And consequently, I know immediately you know, what's coming and how much it is. And if I want to go ahead and cancel it, I can do it right then while it's top of mind. It works for me. Judy, I do the same thing. Uh, so I have those alerts, and I've had that experience of something going coming through and thinking, why do I still have that service? And I have immediately gone and canceled it and saved myself a few dollars. 
All right, uh, Judy, thanks for the tip. Good uh, good call there. We appreciate your calling in this morning. Let's go ahead and get another caller on the line. So now we are off to Bay Springs because Jerry has called in today. Good morning, Jerry. Go ahead. Good morning. I've got kind of a joke question, but uh, my whole retirement plan has been based on winning the lottery. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, uh, and I know, I know I've done the math. I know it's just a tax and all that. But uh, I'm too old to fantasize about sex, so I fantasize, <laughs> I fantasize about winning the lottery. Now, my question is, um, if you have, like, $200 million left over after they take out for the interest that they would have made, because most people want the cash all lump sum, and, uh, and after the federal government gets through with you in the state, if they still had it, you got $200 million. Do you put that in 200 banks, or do you put that in 400 banks, or do you need 400 accounts, or should you – do you even uh, need to, to talk about investing? Well, um, first of all, Jerry, let me just – I need to give you my card, because if you get that $200 million, <laughs> I want you to sign up with us. Um, you are going right. to – you're going to need some advice, and you're going to need um, a financial advisor – you're going to need a good accountant, and you're going to need an estate attorney because that's a lot of money. It goes over the estate limits and will be subject to estate tax if something happens to you. So um, probably you would have investment, an investment account or investment accounts, not necessarily spreading this whole amount over banks. Um, because you're going to have some sort of combination of investments. And this is going to be at $200 million, It's going to be legacy money because it's way more, Jerry, than you can possibly spend in your lifetime. And so what you're really going to be thinking about is how do I plan for the future and future generations? But you're also going to need some protection from all the people who will show up at your door <laughs> saying, please give me money. Um, so uh, be careful. Uh, one of the suggestions I've seen is that if you won the lottery, you need to move to another state and cut off all contact. <laughs> oh, well, you know, if it's family, they're going to find you. Uh, Jerry, do you have a system? Do you pick the same numbers every week? or how? Do, and I don't want to reveal too much, but how do you attack the lottery? How do you what? How do you, what do you go? Do you pick the same numbers every week, or how, do you like the scratch-offs? What's your favorite thing about the lottery? I've I figure the winning numbers are random, so I just let them pick the random numbers. All right. Well, as long as it's just entertainment, because you know the odds. Um, but, you know, if it's just a fun thing to toss out and be entertained by, and uh, since the other thing's not available, but <laughs> <laughs> then go for it. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Nancy's a chartered financial analyst. And our special guest in the studio this morning from New Perspectives is Meredith DeLon. Uh, by the way, we were talking about with Bobby about uh, winning the lottery and possibly uh, you know, saving it for future generations. Uh, estate planning will be the topic on In Legal Terms, which is the program that comes up immediately following ours. So if you're interested, stay tuned and learn more about estate planning on Legal Terms with Liz Gill and Dr. Richard Gershon. Um, so we've got a call to get to, but one question I did want to ask before that is, can one person have more than one IRA? Yes. Um, you can have, uh, an IRA at 
a dozen or more different places. It doesn't matter. What matters is the total amount that you contribute to all of those IRAs in a year. And I think we've got some new numbers on that, right, Meredith? Yes. This year, that amount was 6500 Next year, it will be 7000 If you are under the age of 50, if you're over the age of 50, you get an extra amount that you get to contribute, and it's an extra 1000 All right. We do have a caller on the line. Looks like it'll be a good question coming from Teresa in Gulfport. Good morning, Teresa. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have a 16-year-old son who is starting his first job, and I was trying to encourage him to set up a Roth IRA. Actually, I'm going to make him. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) But um, I couldn't find – does he have to file a tax return to do it, or can he just do it? Um, He has to have some evidence of earnings. So um, it's possible that he doesn't need to file a tax return if his earnings are below a certain amount. But I'm assuming he's going to get a W-2, right? Yes. So that would be evidence of earnings that you could say, whatever he earned, uh, I can contribute either that amount or the annual limit, uh, which is 6500 this yes. year and 7000 next year. Um, and because he's 16, he's not an adult. So probably your name is going to have to be on the account for a while until he becomes an official adult. Okay. I also want to clarify, um, let's say he just makes like 4000 I told him I would make up the difference. So as long as he has earned income, he can contribute more than his earnings. Uh, no. Well, let me back up. Um, if he is earning four thousand, and the annual contribution limit is sixty five hundred, he can only contribute four thousand. Okay, okay, that's what I needed to know. Thank okay. you so much. That was very helpful. Thank you. All right, Teresa, we appreciate your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking today about uh, saving for retirement, but also, as we do, always looking for your personal finance questions of any type. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Teresa brought up uh, the next part of our discussion, and that is uh, traditional versus Roth IRA. So let's start uh, and uh, talk about what the traditional IRA is. Well, a traditional IRA, which started again in 1974, um, that allowed you to put money in and you get a tax break for the amount you put in. Now, whether you get a tax break or not or how much of the tax break you get depends on your overall income because it does phase out for higher income. So whatever your filing status is, single or married, head of household, you have to look up the tables, the IRS tables, to see if you qualify for a deduction if you put money into a traditional tax-deferred IRA. Um, If you put the money in, you get the tax break up front. That means they eventually want to get their taxes. (laughs) So um, while it grows all through the years and the growth is never reported and taxed and doesn't show up on your income taxes, once you reach retirement and begin taking the money out, as you take it out, whatever you take out is taxable income, pure taxable income that shows up on your taxes. With a Roth IRA, there is no tax break up front. You know, you just you do have some income limits on who can contribute. They're higher than a traditional IRA. Um, again, look those up in the tables. They do change periodically. But um, and that money then grows tax free. So once you start taking the money out at retirement, 
you never pay taxes on it because the initial amount was taxed on the front end. And that's a real advantage for young people. We really try to encourage them to go the Roth route because most of them don't really need a tax break. They're already in a pretty low income tax bracket and uh, to go ahead and save for that. We also have seen the introduction in a lot of employer plans of a Roth option. So whatever you're contributing to your 401k, you can say, well, I'm going to do part of it in a regular tax-deferred portion, so I get a tax break, and part of it in the Roth portion. And so there's a huge advantage because you have higher limits for those Roth options within employer plans. And so we usually encourage people to, to do some sort of split there so you have two pots when you retire and you have a pot that is going to be taxable income, you have a pot that's tax-free, and maybe you also have a pot that is just, you know, regular accounts. What that means is that you have really good cash flow. You're getting a lot of money every month to spend, do what you want to do. But as far as your taxes, that income may be much lower and your income bracket may be much lower. So my way of thinking is if this is something that you're planning for retirement, why would you not – what is the reason that someone would use the traditional IRA? Well, again, if you need a tax break. Okay. And um, so if I have um, a family and um, they really need more money in their pockets right now and they need to reduce their tax burden and they fit the income limits and the other guidelines, then, okay, do a traditional IRA. Um, But again, if I got somebody really young, I'm going to point them in the Roth direction. What about a SEP IRA? What is that? Well, a SEP IRA, we have two possibilities for small companies or self-employed people. One is called a SEP IRA. Do you remember what that stands for? It is the Simplified Employee Pension. All right. Here's the real question here. There's one called a simple for small companies up to 100 employees. Do you remember what that one is? Yes, that one is the savings incentive match plan for employees. (laughs) Now you know why I brought her. Yeah. Um, So a 401k is an, or a 403b, these are uh, 403b is for going to be educational institutions. These plans are more expensive to set up. They require a special document. They require special reporting. And so that's burdensome for small companies or self-employed people. And so we have the SEP IRA, which allows you to contribute 25% up to a maximum dollar amount each year into a retirement plan for yourself. So anybody who is a contract employee or a contract person, you have your own business, um, consider a SEP IRA. For people who have small businesses that have employees, we usually point them to the simple plan because that's a tax-deferred type of plan, which means they have to choose on the front end how much of their salary goes in. And so some employees, you know, they may stay with you a short period of time. They may not want to participate. Um, With a SEP plan, once you decide on a percentage, that percentage has to go into everybody's account, regardless of whether it's you or your employees. A simple plan means um, those employees get to choose whether they're going to participate or not. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking today about saving for retirement, but also taking any of your personal finance questions. We do have a caller on the line. We'll go to Jackson and say good morning to Joy. Joy, you're on the air with us, so go ahead. 
Yes, um, I have a question. I'm 63 and I have a 401k and I wanted to know if and when I should convert it to a Roth. Um, are you still employed? Yes. Okay. Uh, are you planning to retire? Um, probably not for five years. Okay. You, you probably don't have the option of converting it to a Roth until you retire or do what we call separate from service, which means I'm no longer with this employee. Uh, that plan, you know, I can take it and do whatever I want to with it. And at that point, you can roll it over. And so you can roll it over to a Roth, but you need to consult with a, a CPA and a financial advisor when you do that because you have a large amount of money. That's going to be pure income that shows up on your income taxes in the year you convert. Um, so you can do partial conversions to a Roth or you can roll it over to a traditional IRA. And uh, in that case, that's n- there's no tax consequences at that point. Um, it just moves over. Okay, so the um, IRA, um, is that going to um, create any tax liability down the road Um, when I start cracking withdrawals? If you do a a traditional IRA, so you roll your 401k to a traditional IRA when you retire, then there are no tax consequences when that happens. Uh, if you do it correctly, which means you need to open up an IRA account somewhere else and do the paperwork to get the money moved over. The taxes will come when you start to take that money out. And so one of the things that we've been doing with a lot of our clients, as you talk about this converting to Roth, we've been coming up with a strategy where we can gradually convert pieces of that old 401k to a Roth without bumping you up too high in your taxes and also affecting Medicare premiums along the way. That's another big caution. Um, So that situation really requires some help from a CPA, a financial advisor, to kind of look at that. But be careful. For instance, if you had $50,000 in your 401k and you moved it when you retired to a Roth, that's $50,000 of extra income that's never been taxed. So a good chunk of that is going to have to go to the IRS. So be careful. Does that help? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Got some calls to get to, so let's hit the phone lines and see if we can't wrap up the program. We start in Mobile. Abgela is on the line. Good morning. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. Yes. Um, what's the best account to open for a child 11 years old to, to save for college education? Uh, what state do you live in? Mobile, Alabama. Okay, so you're in Alabama. Um, Usually, if we have someone uh, asking about an education account for a child, we point them to 529 plans. And a 529 plan is set up by each state. I'm not familiar with Alabama's, but you probably could go through the – their treasurer's office and check to see what they have available. Mississippi has a 529 plan. We have two plans, one that is called impact, which is like insurance for college tuition. Um, And then the other one is called max, which is like a 401k. And um, they have broadened what you can use that money for. So you can 
can use it for room and board and tuition, uh, computers now because those are typically required in any kind of coursework. Um, so all kinds of things that that can be used for. With a 529 plan that operates like a 401k, you can just put whatever you have. Okay, I only have $100, and and maybe uh, relatives like to give uh, at Christmas or birthdays. You can add to that account, and then whatever it grows to, you choose the investments, then that's what that person will have to use uh, when they get ready to go to school. And the other big thing with 529 plans, they are now allowed to be used for K-12 through education. So if you're sending your child to a private school, you can use that. In Mississippi, we do get a tax break on our state income tax for contributions up to $10,000 per person. I'm not sure about Alabama, but you can check on that. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank right. you. And again, we don't know the specifics of the Alabama plan, but I would imagine that most of them are very similar. In, they in, are very similar. Um, the big difference is who is running that plan and what the investment options are. And um, so, you know, that's where you have to think about, do I, do I need a tax break or do I choose another state's plan because I like the investment options and the expenses are lower? This is Money Talks. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Next, we'll go to Isaac, who has called in from Clinton this morning. Isaac, you're on the air. Go ahead with your question. Yes, sir. I got a question for you. I uh, I work for the state, so I'm in the PERS system. I also have every, you know, every paycheck, so I'm going to deferred comp. Great. My wife has a Roth IRA working for her as well, but I also own a very small LLC, like me and you know one or three other guys. It's, it's very small. But my question is, do I need to go ahead and get a set IRA while I'm at it, you know, or is it, is it really just kind of extra at this point? You can. And, um, and certainly any kind of side business, gosh, I just ran into a woman who her whole business is doing DoorDash. So she is a, she is a separate business unto herself. And with you, if you're talking about we own this LLC with three people altogether, there's some sort of split. So the first thing you need to do is talk to those other two people to oh, find. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm the sole owner of the LLC. I, I 1099 Got it. out employees. Got it. Okay, so if you 1099 those employees, which means they're not on a W-2, you need to check with um, whoever does your taxes for that to see can you do a SEP just for yourself, but you may have to do it for those 1099 employees, um, and it might be better for you to set up a simple, but either one of those is going to save you taxes on the money that you uh, produce in your side gig. Okay. All right. Well, that was my question. I didn't know if it was, I mean, I guess it, there's not really too many retirements. I don't want to make myself poor to retire rich. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. But it's always great to save on taxes. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so that's a perfect thing to do. And most people don't realize whatever my side gig is, whether I'm, you know, selling something at a flea market or I'm doing an extra service job on the side, those are separate businesses and you can have separate retirement plans with a SEP or a simple IRA. They're very easy to set up. They're very easy to manage and you save yourself a lot of money on taxes. Awesome. All right. Well, that's what I need to know. I appreciate it. Good luck. Thanks for the call. Let's have one final call, and we'll go to Adam in Jackson. You're on the air with us, Adam. What's your question? Yes. Um, my question is, um, my, my employer has recently allowed us to contribute to the Raw 401k. So I've been doing that for a couple of years. My question is, 
at at what at what age after retirement um, can I take those withdrawals from the Roth four hundred one k? And then specifically, is there a is there a cap on the amount? Because um, I may potentially want to take you know a hundred two hundred thousand dollars if possible, uh, you know after retirement to start you know start a small business. Okay, with um, if you're contributing to the Roth side and then you retire. Um, the thing you have to watch out for is go back and look at your 401k. Um, the 401ks often have a retirement age of 55 when you are allowed to take money out if you are retired. If you move it to an IRA, it's going to be 59 and a half. So if you're retiring early, you have to think about that four and a half year gap. Um, so look at the plan document for your employer 401k. See what is the age after you retire that you can take out money without penalties. And then also consider uh, the 59 and a half if you roll it to a, uh, a Roth IRA on your own. It doesn't matter what you take out. And, of course, if you're doing the Roth side, if that's tax-free money, you don't really have to think about the tax consequences you can take out whatever you want to take out. But what you're also doing is you're giving up the tax-free growth for a long period of time. So think about it carefully. If you want to invest in a business, make sure that you're going to be able to produce the kind of return in that invis- investment and in that business, business excuse me, that is greater than what you would get by leaving it alone. Okay, excellent. All right, Adam, thank you for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Just got a couple of minutes left. I think we have a chance to talk about one other type of IRA, and it is an inherited IRA. Talk about that if you would. Well, an inherited IRA operates under a few different rules. Uh, Meredith is very familiar with them. What happens with those, Meredith? So uh, an inherited IRA is if, uh, just for example, if my one of my parents were to pass, I would inherit their IRA. And then at that point, I would have... 10 years to withdraw all the funds in that IRA. Regardless of her age? Yes. I So no penalty taxes here. You immediately start withdrawing and you have 10 years to empty that account. And there is a required amount that I have to take every year as well. That is new this year. And once you inherit those IRAs, and we're having a lot of people showing up with that because, you know, uh, that's where people are parking their money. Um, and once you inherit that, you have to have a separate new account to receive that inherited IRA. It's going to have that person's name on it who passed it on to you as well as your information. And um, at that point, then you will start taking draws. And is the money taxable? It is taxable income. Yes. All right. Um, so about a minute left. Um, just real quickly. So um the the 401k is the thing is the employer based program right right, right. and uh, i know one thing that you have preached a lot and is that the match is not the employer match is not the maximum amount it is not the maximum and so i have people all the time say i'm doing the maximum and i find out they're they're doing the match what is the maximum now the maximum for a 401k is 22500 next year it'll be 23000 and there's a catch up if you're over 50 and that catch up is 7500 so if you're over 50 you can do more than 30000 a year into your employer 401k most people never even touch on that but we tell people increase it 1% a year um, if you get a raise, split the raise between your pocket and your uh, employer plan. Um, do it gradually. You won't notice and you'll be building savings. 
That's going to wrap us up for today. Just a reminder that if you ever do email the show, give us a couple days. We may not be able to get it on the air, but we will give you a personal response via the email machine. So Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can find it at moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks. Our call screener today was Charles Arnold. So for Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson and Meredith DeLon, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every day, every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks Heard Only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.